This is a GRDC podcast. Incorporating readily available organic soil ameliorants to boost productivity of sandy soils has been the focus of a three-year GRDC investment in the medium to high rainfall zones of Western Australia's wheat belt. The experiments using organic ameliorants such as hay, stubble straw and manure monitored effects of amelioration on crop growth and yield, with results varying across trial sites. Hello, I'm Deborah Bishop. GRDC, WA's Murdoch University, and the Corrigan Farm Improvement Group got together to identify and incorporate organic materials that farmers already have access to and that could perhaps help increase crop productivity in particular situations. The trials focused on working small areas of paddocks, one or two hectares, not the whole paddock, with the organic amelioration additional to mechanical amelioration, which targets the constraints of compaction and non-wetting issues on these sandy soil types. The trials and investment are almost complete, with data currently being collated for year three. We talked to Professor Richard Bell from Murdoch University and Veronica Crouch, the Executive Officer of the Corrigan Farm Improvement Group, who explains how the locally-led trials utilising readily available products on farm were eagerly adopted by this grower-driven inspired group. Been working with grower members for the last nine years now and one of our Corrigan members actually came to us and said, hey, I'm really interested in this space. I want to have a go at some things on farm. Do you think there might be an opportunity? And we were fortunate enough to get investment from GRDC to do some trial work. So the trial was at three sites in WA? Yes, that's correct. Corrigan, Badgingara and Wickipin. So Corrigan Farm Improvement Group. Facey Group and West Midlands Group were involved in a collaborative project. What kind of constraints are those three sites up against as far as soil goes? So we really wanted to look into some of the issues on deep sands and sandy duplexes through this trial and some of the constraints that they have. So looking at infertility, non-wetting, potentially compaction as well. And that's where we did amelioration and the organic amendments as well. And you brought in, of course, Professor Richard Bell from Murdoch University. Richard, just tell us a little bit about your role overall in this particular trial and investment from GRDC. Well, we've been collaborators with Corrigan Farm Improvement Group and Facey Group and West Midland in a number of projects. So this is just part of our ongoing partnership where, as researchers in the university, it really helps us a lot to be able to work with the grower groups because they're locally based and networked with farmers and site selection and understanding the relevance of research is greatly improved by that sort of partnership. So, Veronica, the objective of the project was essentially to evaluate a range of commonly available approaches to increasing the fertility of these often described gutless soils Take us through what the organic material component is and the methodology of the trials, what we've been two, three years into them now. Yeah, so we've actually just come to the end of our third season. So the trial run over three years, 2020 to 2022, and we're in the process of collating that final piece of data from the 2022 season. But essentially we wanted to look at products that were readily available on farm and those included 
manures, whether that was poultry manure or feedlot manures, and your waste hay. There's a lot of hay producers in the region, so they may have some waste hay on farm that they could use, and then also straw products as well. And wanted to see, is there an opportunity there for growers to be able to utilise some of their on-farm waste material and use that as an amendment through ameliorating to increase the productivity of those gutless sands. So Richard, are there any results at the moment that you can share with us? I understand there's still last season's information to collate, but from a bigger picture scale, what are you seeing the results and the outcomes of this particular trial so far? Sands are particularly difficult to manage because they lack organic matter and clay. And so there are continuing opportunities and challenges we're trying to improve them. Partly that is about improving productivity, partly it's about seeing if increased carbon sequestration is possible. But the best organic matter amendments that you can use are those that are sourced on the farm because they're generally bulky materials that are costly to move around. So the less you have to move them, the better. So I think the question behind the research is a really good one that, you know, what are the materials that farmers already have access to that could be useful? Bearing in mind that all organic materials are somewhat different from one another and some of them can also vary from year to year. So understanding what works in particular situations needs research and this series of experiments over three years is a good way to begin to understand what those benefits might be. Richard, this particular trial obviously is focusing on three West Australian sites. Soil constraints clearly though aren't confined to WA, are they? Are there relevant points that we can take away from what we've done so far here and apply elsewhere? Yeah, certainly are, because organic matter level in soil is critical for soil function everywhere, regardless of the soil type. Particularly problematic in sands, because the lack of clay means that they don't hold on to organic matter. But there are a range of other ways in which you can try to improve sands, and one of them is claying. That's something that many farmers are already doing. The amelioration with spaders, rippers and mobile ploughing also is about trying to change the physical makeup of the soil and sometimes increase the clay content at the surface that helps to bind carbon. So that carbon is necessary for good soil function but of course it has a broader interest currently around carbon sequestration and in particular to see what's the potential for increasing carbon in the soil, not just in the topsoil but also in the subsoil. We visited Gary Lang's property out of Wickerpen and he was trialling chook manure. Is that correct? That's Monica? correct, yes. Yeah. And what's the feedback been so far for his experience in this trial? So from my understanding, they did see some promising results with the low rates of chook manure. However, we're still doing the final calculations on return on investment. It's probably the freight that'll be the biggest killer in terms of being able to source on-farm product when it comes to manure. But there is promise there for the chook manure. So promise in the sense of yield benefits? Yeah, increased yields, definitely. And with the organic materials, part of understanding their role is understanding their different composition. So chicken manure would commonly be a a more nutrient-rich organic material than, say, feedlot manures. Mm. A straw, hay, can vary in quality, but it may only be its potassium supply that's contributing improved nutrition. 
So they won't all work in the same way. Some will work better in some sites than others. And Gary was saying to us, Richard, obviously data is what's important and clearly that's where you're coming from as well. While there are at this stage no clear winners, if you like, over the line, the data that is being collated still has value, doesn't it? Oh, indeed, because these are questions that growers are asking and it's important to be able to answer the question based on evidence and to look very closely at the experimental results to make sure we're confident in the conclusions that we draw. And at Gary's site, for example, the Wikipin site, they have also used claying on that field, not on the trial site, but that's another option that they've been experimenting with. And so from the trial results we'll also be able to look at the question, which was the best option? Was it the engineering and adding clay or was it adding organic amendments that it looks like it's the best option? And one of the important things that we wanted to make sure that we answered through this project was that some of the products that are available will absolutely give you better results, but if they're not feasible economically for growers, then they're not going to be adopted widely. So if it turns out that readily available products on farm can give the slightest benefit, then that's going to be worthwhile for the grower themselves. And that slightest benefit, which to date we're still, as I said, collating the data and you've still got the 2022 season to be compiled yet. Working with organic material, is there a chance there that we will see continuing benefit, if you like, even incremental over time? Is that how it might work? Depending on the organic material, you might get an immediate boost, particularly if they're nutrient-rich. But what we would be hoping is that the organic amendment gives an increase in biomass or production on the site, and then that returns more organic matter into the soil. So we just kickstart the system and lift the productivity potential that over time may make it a slightly more productive site. And the concept was that there are only small areas of the paddock. It's not your whole paddock. So it's something that you could do on, say, one hectare or two hectares. You're not going to be doing something like this across a 100-hectare paddock. So it could actually be quite feasible on a small scale to do that extra addition of amendment when you're ameliorating your soils. And just, I suppose, to wrap up, that idea for growers to understand that no result is still a result, if you like. (laughs) Is that the potential here? Indeed, and it might be that the results are site-specific, so what's the best option at Wickerpin may not be the best at Corrigan or at West Midland, but also even to be able to say, well, that was a good idea, but actually turns out it's not going to make much money. We also need to think about uh, soil health, and some of those benefits will be longer term. And there may be soil health benefits, and so long as it's not costing you money and you've got the equipment, the machinery, and you've got the resources to use, then it's a good idea to use them to improve the soil. And the idea of growers contributing to these trials, and clearly it's a very important message, isn't it, to get out, because without these growers, these trials are not possible. Absolutely. We're very appreciative to our growers that put their time and their money on the line and especially to GRDC for investing in this project to allow growers to trial in their own area and in topics of interest to them. Yeah, this is one of those projects where GRDC is listening to growers and trying to respond to issues of interest that may not relate to the whole of the grain growing area but important to answer for a particular location and group of growers.
Where will the growers be able to glean this information? Where is it going to end up for them? The growers can come to their local grower groups, Courage and Farm Improvement Group, Facey Group and West Midlands Group. So their information should be readily available through the three grower groups. Richard, Veronica, thanks a lot for your time today. Thank you. You've been listening to Professor Richard Bell from Murdoch University and Veronica Crouch, the Executive Officer of the Corrigan Farm Improvement Group. And you can find more information through local grower groups throughout the West Australian Wheat Belt and, of course, on the GRDC website. I'm Deborah Bishop, and thanks for listening. Thank you.